Hello and welcome back to Flash Knockdown Series 2, Episode 7. I'm your host, Jamie Ward, joined as always by producer Scott Hamilton. We're in Cardiff for Shavkat Rakimov versus Joe Cordina Fight Week. And here's what we have coming up for you all on today's show. You never know who you're going to bump into as we travel around the country. We bumped into comedian Rob Beckett. Could we see him on a Misfits card down the line? Unbeaten American prospect Reshat Matty. He runs over the best things to happen in boxing last week. Anthony Crawler and William Crawler are under the spotlight as Ant's younger brother Will prepares to make his professional debut on May 27th. Former Cruiserweight world champion Enzo Macronelli looks to jump to the top of the alias apron leaderboard. Producer Scott forgot... The Dalton Smith was on a plane to LA, so no ink is dry next week. We'll try and lock in Smith Maxwell on the next show. But great show coming up in Cardiff, so don't go anywhere. We're going to kick off with a bang here on today's podcast. At the press conference, bumped into funny man, national sweetheart and friend of Matram, Rob Beckett. We had a little chat. Here it is. Well, sometimes you, you get the odd rogue guest on a podcast. Like I say, this is a, a rogue guest who is a great guest at the same time. Rob Beckett, comedian in a Valencia hat. Yeah, do you like it? Yeah, I do. Yeah, yeah. why well, Valencia? I used to go to Javier in Spain, and the, the Valencia was sort of the nearest team. And I think they've changed their badge now, but it's an old hat. And I, I remember seeing it, I swear, on holiday, and I, couldn't, I wasn't allowed to buy it. And I saw it in a charity shop, I thought, I'll have that. Suits you. Yes, that's the old that's the old school FIFA badge that one yeah it's the old badge isn't it and you can't get this badge anymore so it reminded me of my childhood and uh, two quid in a charity shop probably worth a few quid now it's been on your end do you reckon I don't know we'll see I don't want to sell it I don't normally wear hats what do you reckon I think it suits you mate oh, thanks, I think mate. it suits you yeah, it's hard to talk about what it looked like on a pod isn't it I know, I know. let's just let the I'm women visualise I'm looking great <laughs> uh, you're in Cardiff yes. um, why's that well, I'm doing a gig with Josh Whittacombe. I do a podcast, Parent in Hell. We're doing our live tour. And then Darren Barker was like, oh, I'm in Cardiff as well. Do you want to go for a cup of tea? He went, meet me at the press conference. So I've been here two hours. I've done 15 interviews. I'm still watching Darren do interviews. And I'm exhausted. And I've got to go and do an arena show later. You and Darren, uh, you go back quite a bit, didn't you? Yeah, there he is. Yeah, he's waving at me now. He's finished. Yeah, no, so me and Darren, he did some filming with him on one of the first ever Robin Romesh episodes with him and Johnny Nelson. And uh, yeah, we kept in contact ever since. I trained with him sometimes at his 12-3 gym yeah. and stuff. And you always catch up at the boxing and stuff. So yeah, no, he's a good bloke, Darren, isn't he? Everyone Very good bloke. I was, at, I was actually Darren's T-boy when I first started. Was you? Yeah. Who's doing that now then? Still me. Is it? <laughs> <laughs> um, are you coming to the fight on Saturday? No, no, I'll be back in London. I've got uh, Cardiff tonight. Um, then O2 Friday, Wembley Sunday, Birmingham next week. So yeah, be a bit much to come back to Cardiff yeah, after the O2. So. Would you describe yourself, Rob, as a, a proper boxing fan? Uh, yeah, to be fair, I probably you know I, I, I really I watch I watch all the cards from the you know the uh, the pre the prelims that they're calling it now, the undercard um, and all of it. Yes, yeah, so I'm a big boxing fan to be honest, but um, yeah, no, I love it. I just I just always I just fascinated by the individuals that do it because it's not you know in, in sport at the moment it's almost like you know look at Man City you can, or Arsenal or Man United it's like you sort of support them and like them but it's just like mad company it's like Coca-Cola or, but whereas in boxing you just get mad individuals and personalities which I love Do you think you can draw parallels between boxing and being a comedian in some ways in the sense that there is a lot of individual pressure in both disciplines Yeah yeah but comedy's harder <laughs> Do you think you can fight? 
No, I can get punched in the face for 12 rounds though. No, I probably couldn't for about, no. No, I think that it is very similar that you're on your own in there. No matter what you do mm. prep, what you do after, what you do during, you, no one can throw a punch for you. It's not like in a band or in a football team when you've got a teammate or someone can do a long drum solo while you're going off somewhere. It's all about you, but, um, but boxing is a thousand times harder than any, I think it's the hardest thing in the world to do. It, you, the cardio you need just to dance around for 12 rounds, never mind get punched in the Last face. Man, yeah. Do you know what I mean? So I think, I don't think they get enough respect, boxers. So I always try and fight boxers' corners when everyone goes, oh, it's just, a, just thugs hitting each other. No way. You know, they're, like, they're like supreme ballet dancers coupled with toughness and uh, the technique. So no, I love boxing and it's, I'd, I'd probably say it's my favorite sport. So maybe on a Dazone Misfits card, I'm not sure how familiar you are with them, we could see Rob Beckett one day. Look, I don't want to start, can I swear on this? Yeah. Fucking up YouTubers. Because if I do that, what they got left? Do you know what I mean? I can't bowl into the YouTube world, start bashing them out and then go back to comedy. I think you could do exactly that. Well, that they need, they need to do boxing because they can't sell, you can't sell tickets to a YouTube show. Can you? Because it's just showing clips. Yeah. So I don't want to start marching on there. But no, I, I'll be rubbish in a boxing. I've got my car, that's awful, I'll be so tired. Keep your eyes peeled, ladies and gentlemen. Rob Beckett, all the best tonight in Cardiff and uh, Cheers, great mate. to catch up, mate. All the best. Well, it's always a pleasure to catch up with former WBA world champion, million dollar crawler, and you were actually one of my first ever interviews. Yes, I did at Matchroom, uh, down the Fox ABC, I yes, think it was. It was, it was. Uh, four, four odd years ago now, but it's always yeah. great to see you. How are you, mate? I'm good, I'm good, thank you. I'm really looking to this card, we looking forward to this card weekend. Genuinely, there's a lot of really good fights, some good trade fights, obviously, the main events are Belter as well, but now I'm looking forward to it, mate, but all good, just busy. It was a special night, wasn't it, last time we were here in Cardiff when, when Joe won the world title. Yeah. Looking at Rakimov, Southpaw, strong fighter, comes to win, obviously beat Zelfa Barrett to become world yeah. champion. And do you see this as a tougher proposition for Joe than Agawa was on paper? It's very different style. Listen, listen, I think Joe shocked a lot of people the way he ended the fight. I mean, listen, one of, if not the knockout of the year. Um, but obviously, Rakimov last time, broke our heart. Well, he said Rock Mike said, I know Zelfa very well, being a Manchester lad, and I thought he was bringing a world title back to Manchester, and he very nearly was, but credit where credit's due, Rakimov, he showed his durability, his strength to catch up with Zelfa later in the fight. But Styles, Styles make fights, um, and I think this is a fight that Cardina Joe's capable of winning on Saturday night. I really do, and I fancy him to do it, and he's... What Joe is as well, he's, he's so talented and I think I remember seeing something a bit back, it was the 2016 squad and some of the names in that squad, unbelievable team, you know, in that Olympic squad and nearly all of them said, no, the most talented is Joe Cardina. So ever since then, I've always been a big fan of Joe's and watched him from the start and I just believe, I always believed he'd be a world champion. I just believe on Saturday he becomes a two-time world champion. I don't think he ever should have been stripped really, but yeah, I think he does the business on Saturday and... I do believe he's, he mentioned something there in the press conference. He's he's build. He wants to build this as home. Obviously, he's a Cardiff lad, but you know, have that support behind him. More or less, sold out on Saturday night. Will be come Saturday night, and he's brought the big nights back. To, he'll start bringing the big nights back to Cardiff. Totally agree. Can't wait for Saturday. Hopefully, Joe, as you say, becoming a two-time world champion. One thing I do want to ask you about, and we've got some yeah. big news. Uh, some big <laughs> yeah. news in the family. Just we announced did. your brother, William Cruller. Yes. Professional debut in no yeah. other than the AO Arena in Manchester. Yeah, it had to be, didn't it? For you just to see that, to see the poster, what can yeah. you tell us about this story and, and how proud you are as well of Jeez. your brother? I don't know how long we've got. <laughs> no, listen, I'm, I'm super proud. As a big brother, there's not, there's not many times... He's made me proud. I, um, I think we'll say that, but I'm super proud of him. Um, you know, fighting it, and obviously I'll be, I'll be even more proud on the night. 
Well, he didn't he didn't box for like seven years. I mean, he was in and out the gym at parts um, and stuff, and he disappeared. I think around the age of sixteen. Yeah, probably younger actually. And then right through them, sort of from seventeen, eighteen, right through to sort of those early adult years, he he done what a lot of lads, you know, probably made a lot of mistakes that young lads do, you know. Um, and there's a lot of him obviously he's not proud of and he's done them far too often. But it's it's brilliant now to see that, you know, if you look, there's a, there's a picture from him with my last fight and I can say he looks a disgrace, like, but I know that and I knew he'd been out all the night before and probably not been asleep and all the night after and stuff, but he he's dedicated himself and you see now he's in fantastic shape and he's always been talented, he's always been talented and now, hopefully, I think he always thought it's better, like, a qualified scaffolder, and I think he hated it. Um, but I think he always thought, I don't want to be thinking in a few years, what if? So, it's for him to be making his debut there, he's, he's unbelievable. And, no, I'm, I'm super proud of him. Like I say, I'm super proud of him, and I'm super proud of the way he's knuckled down sort of the last few years. And for him to be making the debut, yeah, it'll be, it'll be emotional, I won't lie, but obviously I'll have to hold all that in check. At what point, when he was going through those difficult times, did the, what was the turning point, do you think? When did that penny drop? Do you know what? I think that's something you'd probably have to ask him. Um, I never really believed him, to be honest. I think my dad only believed him this morning when um, he saw the announcement. Uh, he only thought it was serious then, so that's, that's a big thing. But it's, I, just, I just believe that he could only... You know, it, it had to be sorted now and everybody couldn't leave it to be too late. And, and I think now he's really thankful. And he's not deluded either. He knows he's been handed an opportunity. I don't mean this like in an ego way, but his second name has helped. And he knows that, but he wants to show he's good enough to be handed these kind of opportunities. And, you know, I'm really, really happy for him and really thankful for the opportunity he's had from the grown-up matchroom. As a fighter then, yeah. from what you've seen in the gym, stylistically, yeah. What can we expect to see? He's, he's very different from me. He's uh, a switch hitter, um, heavy-handed, and um, I think there'll be some fun nights with him. I really do. Um, very different. We're very close, but we're very different in personality. Um, but yeah, no, there'll be some good nights with him. Like you say, exciting, and it's just about like you say, he had a long time out of the ring, just about getting him back. But if he fulfills what he do, I think he'll, I think there'll be some great nights with him. And in terms of weight, where do you think he's going to be he, looking to operate? He's going to be um, a light middle, a super welter. Um, so that's that's not bad considering at one point he was near 15 stone so yeah it's not too bad but he's in good shape just find it I suppose are you going to be involved in the corner trainer yes yeah I'll be the um, yeah, trainer it's going to be emotional and, for you isn't it yeah of course it will be and I think I've always played a big part you know even when he was boxing as a kid and right up till recently the last few years so I think I always was going to be but you've got to separate that relationship as big brother to yeah boss and um yeah, boss and not. Well, this is a journey to get behind. Welcome to the pro game, William yeah. Crawler, May 27th in Manchester. Look forward to it. I can't wait. Can't wait. Well, sometimes in this sport, we have fighters who have made their own way and then they have family members who look to make their own path in this sport that we all love. And delighted that we saw the news today that the brother of Anthony Crawler, former WBA world champion, William Crawler, Will Crawler, is turning professional and will make his professional debut on May 27th at the famous Manchester Arena. Will, I guess when they were looking at dates and they were looking at venues for you to turn yeah. over, 
probably the dream venue for you to, to make your professional bow, I imagine. Yeah, I couldn't get a better, a better venue. Like I say, I've seen Anthony um, win his world title and defend it there. Uh, if there's only one venue I could have picked out, it would have been the Manchester Arena. Just, like you say, lucky enough to have a second name where I've got this opportunity. And I know that I'm not, I'm not silly and think I'm on here just because I think I'm, I know why I'm there, but it's up to me to show that I belong on places like that. I know when we spoke to the likes of Campbell Hatton, he's the most recent example. Obviously, we've got Connor Ben as well. But yep, when I spoke to Campbell, you know, I think when he turned over, he felt a lot of pressure and he a lot of expectation on his shoulders to, to compete with that name. What's yep. Ant said to you? Has, has he told you to look at this, despite maybe you getting this opportunity or it helping your opportunity with the crawler last name? Has he told you to to totally treat this as your own journey? Yeah, of course he has. But like I say, I boxed all my life. I boxed amateur and that pressure was there. Then Anthony become a bit of a, he, he was doing well when I was still amateur, so I'd have people staying behind or expecting me to be good just because of the name off that. And to be up with, with being there for his big nights as well at a good age, like I was at a good age, I was 15, 16, 17, 18, you know, to see it and take it all in. I don't, I don't really think it'll be a problem for me to do. But yeah, Anthony said enjoy it. That's, that's all he said. Will, I think the first time I come across yourself was actually uh, on IFL TV, actually. It was an old interview with um, with your brother and you were sitting on the, the side of the ring um, talking to Coogan. I can't remember what fight it would have been for. It might have been John Murray, I think, or um, either John Murray fight or um, the uh, Diaz, the one when he got a yes. draw when it was a cut. Yeah, and I remember on that video, you actually did speak about your own amateur career then. Um, I think your, your brother was... I don't know how I remember this. It's so weird. I think your brother was almost, uh, you know, quite... Uh, jokingly, sort of saying you're you're the Neely man. You was always getting to like semi-finals and finals, but never. Yeah, caught. yeah, no, yeah, I was, yeah, yeah, the Neely man. Yeah, that that that's what it was, and I, that's why I, in the end I had a little break from boxing, and that's what it was. I was getting no look like you know yourself. You need a bit of luck with with anything, and yeah, I was getting to the semis, the finals, and then never getting anything, and then just to, hopefully this is me luck changing, like an opportunity like this coming up and being on that bill. I'm hoping it changes and stays that way. But yeah, I think that's like I said, I had a little break from boxing um, and then I've come back, obviously. And I guess with that break, you know, was it was it the fact that you was maybe falling out of love with the sport a little bit or you just felt like yeah. in yourself you needed to take a back step? Yeah, and... uh, a little bit. I turned 18 as well. I was earning a good wage and then I could drink. So, um, We've all been I was there. going just seeing what, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Everyone started seeing what I was thought, probably doing it a bit too much. And then, uh, no, yeah, then one day I well, I didn't just one day turn fat. Obviously, I just turned fat because of what I was doing. And I looked at myself and I thought, oh, nah, this is bad. And I just went back to the gym just to, to shift the pounds and then they ended up just falling in love with it again. Do you know what? I actually, I had a good chat earlier with, with your brother, Will, and I said, he, he was telling me a little bit about those few years where you did come away from the sport. And I know you're a qualified scaffolder, aren't you, as well? Yeah, yeah. And, and I said to Ant, I said, when do you think the penny dropped for, for Will to to get back in the gym and like Scott just said there to, to refind your love for the sport and he said you know what you better ask Will that question so when you, is that the moment then when you, you know, look, when you looked in the mirror know, was that something that changed what it was it was there's absolutely nothing nothing wrong all my mates working full time but John was getting up at five in the morning freezing raining outside I was going to go on scaffold on a bridge so many feet up and freezing all day I just thought probably in a boxing gym here doing something, something I enjoy inside um, and I just thought I just never wanted to be when I was older looking back thinking ah, I should have given that a go I should have given that a go and then that's just the penny just dropped and then obviously I just come back but yeah that's what it was Great stuff in terms of um, 
weight and, and what you're going to be campaigning at, Will, what, what can you tell the fans? And in terms of your own style, are you like your brother? What can we expect to see from you? Um, I campaign at 11 stone um, super well at um, So, yeah, like middle. But, no, nah, I'm nothing like Anthony. <laughs> <laughs> nothing like Anthony. No, um, I'm a, a switch. Uh, both both styles, uh, both stances. Um, I feel I'm quite heavy-handed, um, which I, I plan on showing um, on May 27th, and I can't wait. Well, Ant did say that one thing he can probably guarantee us is that we're going to have some fun nights. We're going to have some fun nights with William Crawler. In, in terms of yourself, like we say, we're talking about pressure and you only get one pro debut and there's no need to, to add more Crush pressure it. on your own shoulders by saying, oh, look, I'm going to go in there and, and knock him out, yada, yada. But yeah. I, I guess you you will be looking to impress to a certain extent. Of course, mate. Of course it is. Like, not like that. There's a hype around it at the minute that um, I'm Anthony's brother and always going to be good. And then, not like the press, like, say if I don't perform on the May 27th, that, um, the buzz about it goes, and it's like, oh, well, I want a better performance. Maybe just, maybe just there to make a, a quick book and goal. But that's certainly not what I'm here for. I'm here to to do what I've always thought I can do, and that's um, that do something. And in terms of what you've always thought you can do, I know every fighter, right? The, the dream is to become a world champion. In terms of setting of goals at each step at a time, what what's your first goal? Do you think as a pro, will? Do you know what is? I just want to stay busy. I just want to stay busy. But when I retire, if I can look back at my career or someone's come, bought a ticket and I've been in a barnstormer, you on the top of the bill, I've been in a top fight and I've entertained that, like, or a fight where it gets a back up and it's a 50-50 fight. That's all. That's honestly, that's all I could ask for. That's refreshing, mate. That's refreshing to hear. And, and uh, one thing I guess I do want to ask you just finally is that Ant's going to be in your corner. He's going to be in your yep. trainer. He's building himself up a, a good little name now, obviously training Rihanna yeah, Dixon. First pro title course. for him as a, as a coach very recently. But yeah, it's very proud of him doing that. Very happy for him both. Well, he, he's proud of you. And I guess uh, how proud a night is it going to be when you go into the corner in between rounds and you've got Ant there? <laughs> Do you think, you think you're going to be a, a dynamic duo in this boxing game, mate? Um, I get the cameras crossed, so I'll probably start arguing. But um, nah, I'm only joking, we won't. <laughs> uh, no, yeah. Uh, I think hopefully yeah, we'll... We'll take it by storm. I'm open, but yeah, like you say, he's got his own, his own stable now, and he's doing well. He's got his first champion, and I'm sure there'll be, there'll be many, be many more soon. Well, May 27th, the professional debut of Will Crawler. Uh, we can't wait. Boxing fans will be tuning in for this one. I'm sure, Scott. I think you've got one more thing you want to throw in. Yeah, the obvious one is, what's your nickname going to be, Will? Um, your brother's got <laughs> a, a distinctive one. Are you going to follow suit and sort of tweak it? What's the, what's the crack there? Yeah, I think. I've not got one yet. The only one I get, Callum Smith calls me the can man, but uh, that's how he calls it, but that's the only one I've got to now. Okay, maybe we'll put it out for our viewers and, and take some requests on uh, next week's show. Yeah. Two million dollar, half a million yeah. dollar. Uh, trillion, yeah. trillion dollar? You'll probably get billion dollar. I reckon someone will say billion dollar, but I don't want to stay away from that. Well, Will, Will billion dollar crawler. Uh, welcome to the <laughs> professional game, mate, and we look forward to seeing you in fight you, week. Mate. Appreciate that. Thank you. Nice, nice one, one, mate. Do you know what? I love being back in Cardiff. Oh, Joey Cordina. <laughs> Although, um, we're in your hotel room. Yeah, and the maids have not been in either. <laughs> well, anyway, we're back in Cardiff. Massive night, massive card. I think there's almost a bit of pressure because last time was so amazing. It was so unbelievable when Joe knocked a gower out. We've talked about it quite a few times on this podcast that surely this Saturday can't be as good, can it? Or can it? Oh. That is a good question. Um, you know what? I reckon this fight's going to go to points. I think that the thing with the Agawa, it was more the 
how quickly just everything happened and the way he knocked him out as well, Mad, like yeah. stone cold out on his back. And he tried to get up and then he collapsed. Just everything. No is the answer to the long-winded <laughs> I think, question there. I think, yeah, we saw Rakamov obviously firsthand in Abu Dhabi. I think, um, did he take his eye off the ball a little bit? I mean, I, all credit to Zelfa Barrett. He, he did so well in that fight and was winning the fight. And obviously before he perforated his eardrum, which ultimately led to, to his legs betraying him somewhat. But I just think Raf, uh, Rakimov seems in a really solid place mentally coming into this fight week. And I think he really knows that he's, he's in a tough fight and he really respects Joe Cordina. Yeah, they, they were quite honest and open, weren't they? The press conference early today, Freddie and uh, Shavkat. Like you say, they, they're coming into the, I was going to say the Lions Den, more like the Dragons Den on this one. Um, nice. It's, it's a good fight, isn't it? Like, you know, on paper, it's a bit of a, you know, a coin flick. We'll obviously back and, and favour Joe, but like you say, Shavka is very skilled and I think he's very up for it. A member of our team spoke to Freddie Roach in the, uh, in the, I think he said lobby then, in the reception of the hotel earlier on and said, you know, how are you finding Cardiff? How's Shavkat? And Freddie Roach said something like, oh, it's been a terrible week. He's, he's took his eye off the ball. He's, he's, not, he's not up for it. I got sent that on WhatsApp and I just replied saying, mate, he's just throwing you a bone there. He's mugged you right <laughs> off. They are bang up for this. Yeah, I mean, you heard, you heard Freddie at the press conference today. I mean, he said, I've not been that impressed with the speed of Joe Cordina was, yeah. was what he said. And he is, what a legend. Mate. What a legend. He's almost one of them guys. Um, we, we had uh, MC Ben, who's the winner of uh, MC Academy, do the workout yesterday. And he pulled me aside and went, I can't believe Freddie Roach is standing there. And actually, when you take a step back, like you just said then, he's a legend of the sport. Yeah, there's there's a few, you can probably count on two hands, a few living legends that yeah. we, we have the pleasure of, or I've had the pleasure of working with. Uh, so far in, what, four years of matrimony, Freddie Roach certainly, certainly on that list. I and mean, when you've got Freddie Roach in your corner, and like Eddie said, he only tra- training Shavkat Rakimov because he really thinks he's world-class and yeah. he thinks he's going to win this fight. So it's, it, Joe, Joe is in a tough fight and I think the crowd will help him. He's bang up for it. Joe really believes in his own ability. He's got a couldn't ask for more confidence coming off the Agawa fight, but hand injury, you know, we'll have to see how the hand holds up. He's had surgery, obviously, since his, his world title win, but he still believes he's world champion. And he, he told me this week, yesterday, that I'm looking forward to officially becoming a two-time world champion. But, you know, because he never lost the belt in the ring, he still feels like it's his in a lot of ways. Even though he is the challenger, I suppose he isn't in a way. So, yeah, it's a lot going on in and around the fight as well. So the winner will look to unify so there is a hell of a lot going on and it should be a cracker I think on paper it will be quite technical quite tactical but with moments where they engage and I think it could ignite but yeah I just fancy I fancy Joe on points bit of an explosive chess match perhaps bit of a tongue twister that yeah <laughs> just about got it out uh, but yeah so many fights that we could we could spend hours talking through obviously we're hoping Sandy Ryan will become a world champion Gavin Gwynn and Craig Woodruff do you know what I keep getting loads of stick because I keep saying Craig Woodruff to be fair though Eddie Eddie did it today I'm telling you right I want listeners to try this because it's Gavin Gwynn and not Gavin Grin when you say Gavin Gwynn Craig Woodruff off the back of Gavin Gwynn you tell me you don't say Quaig nine times out of ten Gavin Gwynn Craig <laughs> <laughs> I was Told going you. slow then yeah that's a, that's a tough you. one that. uh, so that's obviously a British title rematch after their draw last year so that's an interesting one Jordan Thompson Luke Watkins another fight to look forward to is Alpha Barrett Sky Nicholson all in action as well one man on the undercard I want to talk about is Brandon Scott I'm not sure if you saw our Instagram reel yesterday at the public workout that I think did over 200,000 views of someone dressed as Spider-Man jumping over the top rope out of nowhere and very entertaining at the press conference today. He's, uh, I think he's made his mark already, isn't he? Certainly. I think as a 
you know, a prospect coming through, getting a chance on a big match from show. Sometimes you need to stand out away from the ring. You know, it's all well and good performing in the ring. You kind of expected to, but actually in the build-up, he's the one we're all talking about. He's the one who's doing the numbers. And, you know, these little premeditated skits, should we call them, have, have caught the eye. And the fact we're talking about it now shows he's done something right. So, um, yeah, props to him and manager Lee Eaton. I think by the time this goes out, he's probably already got something lined up for the, uh, the weigh-in. And we definitely know... Um, we don't know what he's got lined up, but we know he's he's scheming for something on Saturday as well. So, um, yeah, all eyes on him. <laughs> yeah, keep your eyes on Brandon Scott for sure. He's obviously part of the before the bell action that starts, I think, early on in the afternoon, isn't it, on Saturday in the main broadcast, always at 7pm. Let's just talk a little bit about what we've been up to. I've been out in Tenerife at the start of this week, filming our Make the Days Count documentary with Chantelle Cameron, who's out there for... Not a too long a period of time, but she's been out there for, for about a week or so alongside her team, Jack Catchrell, Jamie Moore and Nigel Travis. And I must say, I said this to Eddie earlier, he sort of was saying, you know, how, how was it out there? How did she look? And she looks not only in great shape, very sharp already at this stage of what we three, four weeks away from the fight. A month today. A month today, there you go. But she is in a very strong place mentally, which, you know, Chantel's had a difficult moment. She, she nearly walked away from the sport a few years ago. She, I think her biggest strength heading into this fight is her mindset and how confident she is that she's going to become the new queen of boxing. Yeah, she's always wanted this as well, hasn't she? So I think knowing that it's locked in, and I remember speaking to her when the fight was announced, she was like, it hasn't really sank in yet that this is happening. I've been wanting this for probably since I've turned professional, you know, admired Katie from afar. Then as time progresses, you think, you know, oh, I like that fight, but, you know, promotional dif- you know, differences and network differences. But I guess when... Chantel signed up for, for Matram. This was the end goal, right? Maybe not the end goal. This was the aim. And and now it's here. And we're, like we say, we're one month away. And I've been in camp with both of them now. Uh, done, obviously, a few days in Connecticut with Katie. A few days in Tenerife with Chantel. And I want to say I'm split. You know, you have to favour Katie Taylor on paper in terms of the experience, what yeah. she's done in the sport and, and just for her name alone, really, you ha- and being in Dublin, you have to favour Katie. She is going to raise her game like... Katie does do that, doesn't she? She does yeah. do that. You know, she people does. say Katie's on the slide or whatever, but then she will raise it depending on the on the opponent. I truly think you're going to see the best of both of them. And I think the one thing I can say coming away from that without sounding too company is whoever wins that fight, the best woman has won because they are both going to be at their very best on May 20th. And I must say, I just can't wait for that opening bell to ring now. It's interesting, the weight, isn't it? At 140, Katie coming up, she's only boxed there once, I think, when she won. Leonardo the, too, yeah, yeah, I think she's only boxed there once. Five pounds is quite a lot mm. when you're, you know, when you're a dedicated uh, athlete like like they both are. So that's interesting. You know, if if Chantel wins, do they go down in weight? And Chantel, I asked her. I said, if you beat Katie, will you give it a rematch at lightweight? And she said, yeah, that's it, the plan. Oh, I was going to say, you're going to give us the answer. Okay, yeah. that's cool. She well, said, that's okay. the plan. So... You know, I think Chantel, the same as Katie, she wants to create her own legacy. You know, she's an undisputed world champion in her own right. I think people are forgetting that. Yeah, and yeah, and she said, look, this isn't about Katie Taylor. This is about Chantel Cameron. I'm also an undisputed, I'm the defending champion. Yeah. You know, don't let the, the order of the names on the poster or the homecoming fool you. Yeah. I'm coming in here as a defending champion to keep my belt. So uh, it's so exciting. There's so much on the line for both. I think the pressure's on Katie big time. Um, but I do think because that, the pressure is on Katie big time. We'll she'll, see. She'll raise it. We'll see the best version of Katie Taylor. I wouldn't like to bet on that fight at all. I could see a lot of different outcomes and that's one of the reasons we love the sport, right? You want you want these kind of fights. We're talking about fights that we, we like to see. Dalton Smith. Obviously, we were due to announce Dalton Smith versus Sam Maxwell <laughs> in the ring yeah. a while back uh, on the Wood Lara undercard, wasn't it? Yeah, Sam and Maxwell was on the undercard of that as well. Dalton yeah. got a cut. 
and that sort of derailed the whole plans because we'd actually done a promo shoot hadn't we you would have saw the artwork the head to head artwork we'd done all that in the fight week hotel in Nottingham uh, Dalton got a cut had sort of like derailed the plans a little bit but now we find ourselves July 1st a chance for Dalton to to keep that British title something he's always wanted to do and also add another belt to his collection yeah. you go through his little resume and, and CV he's, he's collecting quite a, a few belts I know he's moved into a new gaff so I hope he's got enough space for all these belts. Trophy cabinet. What's he got? He's, a, he's had the English. He's had a WBC International Silver, WBA Intercontinental, uh, British outright, Commonwealth. So you know, you're talking seven belts or so already. Um, and no doubt if he comes through this, like you say, he'll have it outright. We'll probably have an eye on the European title as well. So yeah, an interesting fight. Sam Maxwell, very nice bloke. Got to know him during that fight week and on fight night in particular I was sort of his uh, chaperone trying to get him into the ring for the head to head which didn't happen and uh, watched the Dalton Smith fight alongside him really nice bloke um, and look it's an opportunity for him to win back the British title as well he's, he's obviously held it once before lost it um, maybe due to out the ring sort of politics and whatnot. so a lot on the line for him as well Dalton if you are listening Scott has a team Maxwell tracksuit on right now I've got my coat on. I know there's been <laughs> a few... Underneath, I can see it. I see the M-A-X, there you go, yeah. Yeah, Paul and Sharp. <laughs> uh, no, but an exciting fight. Happy for Dalton, obviously, undercard news to come soon on that front. One fight I do want to talk about, which I guess is in and around the same weight, and I know, speaking to Dalton's team before, Ryan Garcia has always been a name that they've thrown out for the future about uh, the, the two of them maybe having a little dance in, in the years to come. Javonta Davis... Ryan Garcia is gathering a, a lot of hype that he deserves. It's a great fight. It's an exciting fight. How do you see it going? Tank KO seven to nine. I think I've seen I've seen little bits from uh, Lee Wiley's little breakdown videos and stuff. And Darren Barker put something on his Instagram story about low hands. Yeah, and actually that trait is quite something that I've you know you think of Ryan Garcia that comes to mind quite a bit. I think Luke Campbell decked him. And actually, when you start digging into it, that does creep in a lot. When, and uh, a heavy hitter, someone so aggressive as Javonta, I think he's just going to be on him quite quite a bit. He's not going to be able to fend him off. And I think that could play a part. Um, really do like Ryan, like, you know, his story and everything. But I just think Javonta Davis is a bad man, a bad man. I'm going to go the other way. I, I could see it as well, yeah. I'm not saying... I'm, I'm picking Ryan Garcia. And I guess we'll pick this up next week. What, what are we saying? Little wager or what? Not, we can't bet, but we'll have something. Yeah. Lunch? Yeah, where are you taking me? I don't know. Well, <laughs> Tarantino's in Brentwood. Oh, God. <laughs> All right, loser buys the Tarantino's. Got you. You're on. Just finally, before we get on to our next guest, I want to say a special thanks, uh, a gracias, shall we say, terrible pronunciation, to Revolver, Kerman Leoraga. We've had a, a lot of great nights with Kerman over in Barcelona and in Bilbao where he used to pack out that arena. And you know, He did it a couple of times when he boxed JJ Metcalf and, and Jack Flatley as well. He, he went on a bit of a rampage beating a lot of Brits, didn't he? And, yeah, yeah. Uh, I think Jez Smith as well. I think, yeah, before that, you actually, you say the Brits, you know, when he, he demolished Bradley Skeet. I think, you know, Frankie Gavin gave him a really good fight and then he got wiped out. He was a really feared man at yeah. that point. Maybe went off the radar, um, a little bit, but yeah, a couple of fights at the end of his career with us. I know you was over at a lot of them. That that's quite an intense um, atmosphere to be in, and it must be very intimidating for the opposing fire. Yeah, he was just a great guy. Like I spent some time with him in Vegas as well for his last training camp, and uh, obviously he announces uh, announced his retirement this week. So we wish Kerman all the very best. The fighter who always came to fight lived up to his nickname, the Revolver, and uh, yeah, Kerman Leoraga. Wish him all the very best for the future. Well, very happy 
to be joined now by former cruiserweight champion of the world, Enzo Macronelli. Enzo, fight week in Cardiff. It's always a good atmosphere up here in Wales, but how are you, my friend? Yeah, I'm good, thanks, mate, and uh, looking forward to tomorrow night. We uh, look back to last year. It was um, so special, wasn't it, that that night with Joe. How do you, you're a great analyst of this game that, that we all love, Enzo. How do you break down the main event on Saturday night? Would you would you see the keys to victory for Mr. Cordina? Uh, for Cordina, he hasn't, uh, he hasn't got to stop in one place. He mustn't stop in one place. Rack, rack him off is a, a tougher challenge on a goer. Uh, he, he comes in, he's relentless at pace. He sort of sets little traps. Um, and obviously being a... For Cordina, uh, get greedy, over-anxious, throw his shots, and look at firing back his twos and threes. Uh, Joey's got to keep offsetting him with that jab, catch him coming in, because Rack- Rackamoff didn't show his best against Barrett. I think he underestimated Barrett a little bit. Uh, he was smothering his shots. He was falling in his shots. I think he was, after seeing what Joe's done to Agawa, I think he's going to be more focused, more on the ball. Uh, and it, it's going to be a terrific fight, but Joe's got to keep offset, keep offsetting him. Every time he goes to attack, slap that jab in his face, make him reset again, and just keep him keep his mind occupied at all times. Um, but he's going to have to be, he's asking, going to have to be very fit to do it because Rakimov is relentless. Enzo, I know you're still uh, you still got a big part in the sport. You, you train a lot of fighters down Swansea Way as well at the moment. How important is someone like Joe Cordina for the for the future of sport in the country? Well, it's it's massive, mate. Because you know when I, when I was fighting, it was part of the, the Kazagi era. And, you know, we were having shows in Wales. It was me, Kazagi, Gavin Reese, Bradley Price, Nathan Cleverly, Kerry Hawke. Uh, all you know, it was amazing atmospheres. Uh, and you know, it's some good fighters in Wales. But without the the main platform, they don't get exposure. Um, uh, and with Joey retaining, if he, obviously if he retains that title on Saturday, which I will call it retain because he shouldn't have been fucking stripped in the first place, um, it just opens the doors for other fighters to get some exposure and start building their profile and start bringing big nights back to Wales again. Well, Enzo, I saw you at the uh, the public workout a bit earlier this week. You always keep yourself in tremendous shape. Is there a, uh, is there still a comeback on the cards? I know you've always flirted with the idea, mate. No, mate, it's, uh, you know, I like to stay fit and, uh, you know, I can still spar the boys I go in the gym. These youngsters, they're getting a bit too big for me now, though, but I, I still give a, I, I still wait if my boy, he's fighting himself and as soon as he hits 16, I can do a bit of sparring with him and I can drop him with a body shot and you know, that's the last time I'll ever spar him. <laughs> is, that, is the plan for him to turn pro then? Uh, how good is he? Oh, looking? mate, he's, he's, he's a long way off. He's, he's only 15, he's six foot three. Uh, he's two fights, two wins. I got some other, I got some other kids in there. He's, I got some really good fighters in there, and you know, it's, you know, I enjoy, I enjoy that side of things. You know, I think boxing in general, when a fighter gets to the, the top, the top of the level, and all of a sudden has to quit, has to give up, or for whatever reason, it's a lonely, lonely place. And you know, I'm lucky that I had a, an amateur gym, which I was always part of, even when I was world champion. And, you know, I just carried on the name and, you know, I get I get such a buzz of seeing these young kids come from nothing and win a couple of fights and, you know, just develop and progress as as men and women. Does that give you the, the contentment that you feel like you need, Enzo? Because I know what you just said there, you know, 
talk to someone like Darren Barker and, and he feels happy like now where he's able to be involved in the sport. I know it's difficult for some fighters when they do retire, but like you said, you feel happy now that this is the involvement and, and you feel you can rest easy now? Yeah, of course, mate. You know, I, I still, I still hitting the, the levels I used to in training and, you know, I'm still doing the same punch out part. I'm still doing the same running time, probably quicker than I've ever done. But, you know, I, I get up the gym four or five times a week. I've got, say, 30 times, five days. Uh, they're all fighting, they're all sparring. You know, I take them around. I, I've just had a pro license as well. So I've got a couple of couple of young pros turning over with me. And, you know, yeah, I am content. And, you know, I, I'd advise any fighter who has to quit uh, for whatever reason, whether it's just from just getting to that stage where you've got to quit, you're not good enough anymore, or, you know, God forbid, some injury they've had to quit from. Get into the amateur side again. Get giving back what you've learned and you know it is so rewarding it is so rewarding and what I have found uh, since I took it over properly is that you're a lot more than a coach to these lads you're a bit, a bit of a, a mentor a best friend an uncle or, or whatever and it's, but it is it is rewarding mate well Enzo we hope to see you in a in the corner on a matchroom show soon around the country especially up here in well, Wales we are uh... well, believe, believe it or not my first ever fight was on a matchroom card there you go. What, what show was that? It was uh, Steve Robinson in yeah, 1999. He boxed an Argentinian in the Point Arena. Wow. There you go. So, so what do you owe us? 5% of everything moving forward? <laughs> Something like that, man. <laughs> I think it was, yeah, I've just had a quick look. Steve Robinson versus Claude Chinion for the EBU European featherweight title. That, uh, that's the one. Yeah. 2nd of October, 99. You weren't even born, Jamie, was you? Uh, I was two. I was two, Enzo. <laughs> not to make you feel old, mate. <laughs> Enzo, we do move on now to the uh, the business part of this chat. It's always great to catch up with you. We could speak all day, but this is the the quiz. We have a leaderboard, and the winner at the end of the series, as always, will receive a donation to give to a charity of their choice. We've we've called this the Alias Apron, which is a terrible name, to be honest, mate, but it's sort of stuck. So we're rolling right. with it. Essentially, you get 30 seconds, Scott is going to name an alias, a boxer's nickname, and you have to tell us who the fighter is who had that nickname. Does that does that make sense? Okay. And you can pass at any point as well. So if you get stuck, just throw in a pass and we'll move on to so the got, next I got 30 seconds. I can pass in each one if I want this one until I know what. Absolutely. Yep. But I've got a feeling you might be quite good at this, Enzo. Uh, Here we go. <laughs> Here we go. Right. Scott's going to start the clock in three, two, one, go. The Rock. Correct. The Murpha Matchstick. Johnny Owen. Correct. Dutters. Pass. The Punch. Pass. The Town Pandy Terror. Robbie Vegan. Nope. No pass. We're going to go with the Welsh Wizard. Joe Cordina. Correct. The Mighty Atom. Ah. Uh, Kevin Smart short. Oh, no. time is out. I'm afraid. Enzo scored three, which is actually is quite good. <laughs> was, the, was the last answer correct? No. Oh. <laughs> who was, who was, the, mighty Adam? Who was uh, the mighty Adam? Who was the mighty Adam? Jimmy Wild. I've got here. Oh, Jimmy Wild. Uh, to be fair, that's, that's good. Uh, Enzo it is a bit of a stitch up. So I think you're pretty. Uh, I think you might be in second place. To be fair, I think you've done well there, Enzo. I mean, you won. You won a world title. Is this right up there with your achievements? It's not far off, man. I've got to Enzo, just before we let you go, I'm sure we're going to catch up with you uh, either at the weigh-in today or or tomorrow on fight night. Final prediction: Is it 
retain or regain Joe Cordina? Does he become a two-time world champion on Saturday night? Yeah, yeah, he does. It's, it's going to be a tough, tough night. Uh, he might have to go through hell, but I, I can enjoy the win. I think they're late start with your points. Great stuff. Enzo Macronelli, always a pleasure to catch up, mate, and uh, we'll see you very soon, yeah? Talk, man, lads. Talk Cheers, on, mate. Nice Cheers, pal. Well, Rashad Matty, welcome to the show. Big friend of, of ours, myself and Scott, always love it. When we see your name on a fight poster, first of all, how are you, mate? After a little bit of a period of frustration, how have you been? How's the recovery been? And, and how are you feeling now you've got fight news? Uh, I'm, I'm doing uh, a lot better. You know, um, we were doing, uh, believe it or not, we were trying out some stem cells. And uh, I ended up finding out that I had three tears in my arm. So it was it was a little bit of a hassle and it was a little bit of a you know heartbreaking thing. But thank God you know I had a a couple uh it was called integrated pain management. They actually helped me out and uh, injected me with stem cells, doing shockwave therapy, and doing a lot of stuff that was helping me uh, put on muscle and and kind of relieving the pain. Really? Uh, now I'm straight hitting the bag, you know, hitting pads. I'm I'm, I'm doing great. Uh, and then once I had that good news saying, "Listen, you're clear to go," I said, "Let's get it going." Well, you actually went to the theatre at MSG, I think, didn't you, to watch the show, Serrano Cruz. Was it difficult for you knowing that you, you were due to be on that card, of course? Yeah, uh, it, you know, it, it's two times now that it happened. You know, uh, the first one was when there was Cambosis and uh, Teofimo, when the the medically, the guy couldn't fight medically. Oh, God, yeah, it, I forgot about told, that. Yeah. And uh, I had to go there, sit and watch. That was, you know, heartbreaking for me because I missed Thanksgiving also. Um. And then this one was, you know, it was tough to deal with because I was already, you know, five pounds weight, uh, five pounds away. I sold almost 500 tickets. It was, you know, it was pretty much set. It was pretty much done. Whatever happened, happened. But, you know, it came to a point where I'm, I'm sparring and I couldn't even throw a jab. You know, and you, you, it was just tough to deal with. Well, you, you've got, uh, just looking at your record now, 13 and 0 now, do you feel based on what you've been through and, and, and how you're feeling now within yourself, that this is almost like a, a chapter two? Do you feel positive headed into 2023? Uh, well, I go into every fight looking to it, um, you know, not judging nobody and, uh, you know, trying to fight the best of the best. And uh, I feel like in my mind, you know, the road record-wise, if you look at it, not very well, but the guys that are fighting are, are typical guys that are going through wars and, and definitely a tough route. It definitely wasn't an easy route to go through. Um, now it's just another step in the road where I, I know him. I know Wesley. Uh, he's a very tough dude. It's just, I got to show what I have to show. And, and, you know, business is business. You know, even though he's a fellow Brooklyn guy and, you know, New Yorker, I got to do what I have to do and, and get him out. Well, you mentioned Wesley Ferreira, your, your opponent. Um, just tell all the fans what you know about him and what sort of fight we can expect on the zone as well as neutrals. Yeah, I know, I've, I've known him for a while. You know, you come to the gym as far, you know, uh, he's a generally good guy. You know, I had nothing against him. You know, he's a very good guy. Um, you guys offered it. You know, we both accept it. And it's time to go to the war, you know. And so he's a tough dude, you know, but if I fight the way I'm supposed to fight, which, you know, as of right now, it's been going well, um, I should get him out of there. Are you seeing it on, on paper as your toughest test, Russia, in some ways? Uh, it's, it's tough to say toughest test. You know, when I, I had some obstacles in fights where it was tough, like the last fight when I fought in Mexico, that was a tough fight. The guy was uh, not a sleeper. He was from that area. He was used to the altitude. I wasn't. I went there without uh, food poisoning, you know, and it, 
nothing was going smoothly that fight. And that was definitely the toughest fight I had so far. But every fight I go into fights, it's, it's not going to get easier. It's going to get harder and harder. So either way, I'm, I'm getting ready to go there. Um, I'm not sure if this fight's for a title yet. Um, but we're, we're waiting on it, waiting for my managers to do our thing. And um, we find out. Where do you think a, a win puts you, Rashad? When, when you get that confidence there, when you get a good win and you look ahead to this year, you're talking about titles. What what boxes do you want to tick this year, do you think? That's a, that's really a... First, I, I'm wondering on, on June 24th. That's the main thing. You know, that's the main guy that accepted the fight and, and was ready to go to war. So the main thing right now is for me to get, get this fight done, you know, uh, get the win. And... Uh, after that, we see what's going on. But mainly, the title is definitely on the line. Get the rankings down. I want to be, I want to be top twenty at least by the end of this year. And when can we expect you uh, in the UK, Rashad? What's happening? Uh, I, I want to get my fellow Albanians that are not there. Um, you know, the old Albanians that get to see me in Europe and stuff like that. I want to be able to represent them in Albania. You know, uh, I have a good friend of mine, uh, Florian Marco, that fights in England all the time. Um, you know, I definitely want to have go out there, and hopefully, the main thing is for me. I want to fight out there in Albania. That's the main thing. We'll sell out a whole arena, so um, it's up to Eddie. But main thing for me is let's get it done in the summertime. Hundred percent. That'll be some spectacle. One thing I do want to ask you, as we're always accustomed to when Breshat Matty is in town, you, you've got a bit of a way about you with your entrances. Have you got something up your sleeve uh, for, for June? Um. You know, that was more of a surprise. Um, I'm still not 100% sure what you all want to do, but for sure it's definitely going to be something that's a little bit more nostalgic, um, that's going to have the, you know, the 90s and the, and the early 200s people uh, kind of amped up and being like, oh my God, this is, this is great. Well, great stuff, Rashad. We're looking forward to seeing you back in action and uh, hopefully I'll be catching up with you very soon. What we are going to do now is throw over to Scott, who's got a few shouts from the fans for the best thing to happen in boxing last week and we can have a little discussion on those as well. So over to you, Scott. Yeah, there was Absolutely. T- there was two talking points this week, actually um, quite quite a lot of shouts. So the first one was uh, from from numerous people talking about the heavyweight fight last week between Joe Joyce and Zili Zhang. Do you, uh, did you see that fight? Did you see Joe Joyce versus Zili Zhang, Reshat? And do you like keeping, a, keeping an eye on the big boys of the division, but heavyweight division? I, I, I actually, I like Zhang. I'm, I'm, I'm a fan of his. You know, and a lot of people like um, with him when he fought Yurgovic and stuff like that. It was a very close fight, and I actually put you know because I I you know give the fans a little bit of like um like betting odds and tell people what I like to pick on and uh you know try to win people some money, and uh, I actually had him beat Yurgovic, and I thought he did, but I had the same thing. You can't sleep on him. The first six rounds, he's a deadly, deadly guy. I was gonna say, Reshat, talking about winning money, maybe you could give us a, a second tip because the next point is uh, relating to the tank and Garcia build-up. A lot of people saying how great the build-up's been and it's also come early as well. You know, it's sort of two or three two or three weeks before the fight. Everyone's talking about it and we're now finally here. And me and Scott are split. So I've gone for Ryan Garcia and Scott's going for tank. So who's Rashad Matty going for? It, it's tough. Um, it really, really is tough because it depends on how Ryan comes into it. If he decides to box with him and not, excuse me, not leap in, um, I think maybe Tank can catch him. Um, but overall, I, I don't think this fight's going to like but to um, get knocked out. I don't think none of them are going to get knocked out. I think it's going to decision. And I think the money line right now for going to decision, I think it's pretty high. So if I had to put somebody to win, I would maybe, maybe 
I'm going to lean towards Ryan by decision. I agree. I agree with you. But I will say, Rashad, if, if people are listening to this and people back money on that and it doesn't happen, then you're going to have to come back on and apologise to a lot of people. <laughs> <laughs> Gamble responsibly, folks. Gamble responsibly. Rashad, always yeah, good. Yeah, Always good to catch up with you, mate. Um, big love to you and your family, of course, as always. We look forward to, to seeing you very soon and best of luck in the rest of training camp, mate, and, and we'll see you shortly. Definitely. I take, appreciate it. Good to talk to you guys always. Take care, mate. See Bye. Well, thanks, as always, for listening to Flash Knockdown and thanks to our guests, Anzo Macronelli, Anthony and William Crawler, Reshat Matty and Rob Beckett. Big, big night of boxing coming up in Cardiff, live on the Zone, the live broadcast getting underway at around 7pm. Will Joe Cordina become a two-time world IBF super featherweight champion? Tune in and find out. Mm-hmm.